If you want to spend less time going to the grocery store, then you need to check out ButcherBox. It's a super convenient way to find high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust. ButcherBox only sells 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. And you know what all that means. No antibiotics or added hormones, so you get peace of mind that you're eating healthy food. On top of all that, ButcherBox makes shopping simpler because it gets delivered right to your doorstep. Shipping is always free, and you can customize your meal plan so you're only getting exactly what you want. We've tried everything from pork chops to tenderloins at our house, and they're always a huge hit. ButcherBox prices are as good or better than what you can find at the store, plus they have exclusive member deals, as well as a ton of recipes, cooking tips, and other kitchen hacks to choose from. So sign up at ButcherBox.com LISC and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer, plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. So sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash LISK, L-I-S-K, and use code LISK to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus $20 off your first order. Mopac Audio. Welcome to this episode of LISK, Long Island Serial Killer. I am your host, Chris Moss. Today we are joined by the one and only Mary Murphy, the veteran investigative reporter at PIX11 in New York. And among all the stories she covers, she has been on Lisk and the Gilgo Beach murders from the beginning. Today we talked about some updates on Rex's latest court date. Rex is the alleged Gilgo Beach killer. And she also talks a little bit about his wife who was there in court and some news that has been made about her in a seven-figure deal with a streamer company for her story. So there's that. And then we also talked some more Lisk-related stuff. So thank you for joining us. And here is my uh, catch-up with Mary Murphy. Mary, thank you for joining us. And it's been kind of a busy few weeks with Gilgo Beach, Lisk. Where do you, where do you want to start? Do you want to, you want to start talking about the alleged killer Rex who's in jail and kind of some of his pen pal, this alleged letter that's been sent? Uh, wh- what have you heard about that? Well, I just heard about it online when I saw the video of Keith Jesperson making a statement to the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office in Florida. And the statement was supposed to concern a murder from decades ago. And he had a side reference to writing Rex Ewerman in jail. And he said he received a response. And Keith Jesperson said in the statement that he advised Rex Ewerman to just own it, suggesting that he was advising Ewerman to plead guilty. And Rex Ewerman allegedly wrote back and said, I'll take it under advisement. And I saw the letter that was printed online and, you know, we didn't do a handwriting analysis, but in that letter, if indeed it's from Rex Ewerman, he said that he didn't like the food very much. Uh, How's your bread? Do you get butter with your bread? Uh, Because Jesperson is, I believe, in Oregon in state prison there. And he thanked him because he said that was the only letter he had responded to. And he's received a lot of mail from wannabe pen pals and he thanked him because he said it gave him some comfort to hear from another man in a similar situation. The second part of the quote is not an exact quote, but he did say it gave him some comfort. And so, you know, according to Jesperson, it's a valid letter. He sent it to a podcaster that has dealt a lot with Jesperson and the podcaster put the letter up online. You know, he was quite pleased that he had access to the letter. One thing I did notice on the envelope, there was a stamp from Yapank, and there is a big sheriff's office in Yapank, Long Island, and it's right next to Suffolk County Police Headquarters. 
So it does look like a legitimate postmark stamp. It was not from Riverhead where Rex Uerman is being housed in one of the county jails near the courthouse, but it was from Yapank, which is the headquarters for the sheriff's office. So it might make sense that that's where the mail facility is. Yeah. And just for anyone who might not know, um, Jesperson was, he's known as the happy face killer. He's another serial killer. I'm just looking at this. He was born in Canada, but he's six, eight. So him and Rex alleged killer Rex, uh, they share a lot in common. Um, but it, yeah, it was interesting that, you know, he responded to him saying like, you should just come out and confess, which would be amazing, you know, um, to help move this thing along and to help the families and all that. So hopefully that, that makes some headway with, with Rex. And Jesperson apparently was tied to eight women. Seven or eight women were killed by Jesperson. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And then were you at the latest court date that Rex had? Yes, I was. It was on Wednesday, November 15th. And what was especially significant about that date is that his wife showed up for the very first time, Asa Ellerup, and there was an entourage with her. Uh, you know, there are these reports that she has made a deal with the Peacock Network to participate in a documentary about her story and that she's being paid quite handsomely. Uh, the report by News Nation, which is an arm, a national arm of the station that I work for, one of the reporters there said that she's receiving a million dollars, she and her children, for participating in this documentary. Yeah, that has created quite a buzz because, you know, you don't want them to make money off of, you know, this tragedy. But what what are some of the things you're hearing as far as the, the two sides of the coin here? Well, I heard a report not only that the family was getting a million dollars, but her divorce attorney... Bob Macedonio is reportedly getting $400,000. And then the attorney that represents the children, the reports are that he's getting $200,000. I saw Bob Macedonio in court on the 15th. I asked him about this alleged deal and he would not confirm anything. But as I mentioned earlier, News Nation has it confirmed that there is a deal and that these figures are involved. And in terms of how people are talking about it, you know, some are calling it checkbook journalism. And, you know, as a local reporter, as a journalist, since the beginning of me reporting, I mean, we're told we can never, you know, pay for an interview, and I never have. Uh, but this is sort of on a different level. Uh, this is a streaming service, and it sounds like a service that's trying to compete with Netflix. And so I don't know if that's considered sort of a different type of journalism slash entertainment. I, I don't know if it's really on the same level as network reporting, you know, for a news network. So it's sort of like we're in new waters here. And while it bothers me that, you know, people are paying for interviews, I understand the family situation because the business was shut down once Rex Uerman got arrested. I don't think his wife has health insurance. Uh, there was a GoFundMe to assist her with that. She is suffering, according to her lawyers, from breast cancer and some skin cancer. So... I think she's in pretty dire straits. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of money, you know, laying around for her to get access to. So I understand the family needing money. Yeah. It just bothers me as a journalist. It changes the game for all of us in terms of trying to tell stories and do solid journalism. It changes things for us. You know, I heard some other producers complaining during one of the previous court hearings 
that, you know, they're messing everything up for us. And they weren't even referring to Peacock. It was referring to Netflix because, mm -hmm. you know, there are reports that Netflix has made some deals, although that nothing has been written about money involved with Netflix. Yeah, it is a tough one because I know the family is in dire straits and, you know, that's why they wanted to they wanted the guns back because then they could sell them. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. They need money, you know, and um, obviously what guns weren't involved with murders, maybe they should be able to sell. But then, you know, you start hearing about seven figure deals and you're like, wow. Um, well, also, the the district attorney had pointed out of Suffolk County, Ray Tierney, he said those a lot of those guns are not even legal. They're not legally registered or bought. So, you know, he didn't feel a lot of sympathy about that. Only some of them were like legal handguns or something. There were assault weapons found in his house. There yeah. were also magazines that could hold a lot of bullets, and those are illegal in New York State. So I don't think the DA in Suffolk County had a lot of sympathy regarding the gun issue. For sure, yeah. And that makes sense, too. I know this is just this weird gray area of, you, you know, you feel for the family, but then, you know, some people have said this divorce is only to protect assets. I've heard that as well. I mean, I heard that that was speculated on early on. I yeah. mean, the, the papers were filed within the first week, I think six days after Hewerman was arrested. Yeah. And that is not uncommon when someone gets into legal trouble. The spouse tries to protect the assets by yeah. filing divorce for divorce or getting divorced. So that is very, very possible that that's what's going on here. And then it gets really murky, though, when it's like, you know, she wanted a divorce. She's shocked by all of it, but then she doesn't believe him and she's staying by his side. And what is influenced by uh, a streaming deal and, you know, how are they shaping it? And it'll be interesting to know what's going on behind the scenes if that ever comes out. Um, and I'm not saying anything other than it makes you wonder when when money gets involved and, you know, this weirdness starts happening to me. That's what I think. Well, also, um, the defense attorney, Michael Brown, who's dealing with the criminal aspect of the case, we asked him specifically about this deal, this alleged deal with the streaming service. And he said, well, that's not my end of what I'm doing. But he did say, it's my belief, it's my understanding that his wife does not believe Rex is capable of or even committed these murders. That was one of the headline bites, as we call it from the last hearing on November 15th. I can see where, you know, one would want to believe like, there's no way this is possible. But once, you know, you look at the evidence of how did her hair show up at a crime scene? How did his hair show up at the crime, you know, at, at a body? It starts getting stretched as far as what what's believable, I think. But um, it'll be interesting. I mean, I you know, I, I still feel for the family, but it gets harder as more details come out, you know. Well, in terms of the hair at the crime scene, I mean, there there are possibilities with that of where it came from. If he was using tape, you know, that's the allegation that he yeah. wrapped up the victims with the camouflage burlap. You know, if he was using some tape from the household, it's possible hair got transferred that way. Or if some of the victims were in the family car, it's possible hair got transferred that way. So there, there is a legitimate claim as to how some of the wife's hair got on the victims. Oh, for uh, sure, for sure. The prosecution. It's just, it's just her saying like, "There's no way he could have done it." That's where it starts to get um, tenuous for me. But yes. that's why we have a court case, and um, 
that's why you know justice will hopefully be played out and and you know hopefully the truth really comes out if he didn't do it fine if he did um hopefully asa sees that too but what you know as far as this court date i know asa was there with her entourage as you said is there anything else that happened at the court date that that stuck out well the prosecutors working on the case announced in court that they've turned over 200 pages of the search warrant application that detail the probable cause for Rex Hurman's arrest. And also then Michael Brown, the defense attorney, when we asked him about the hair that was found on Megan Waterman's body, once again, that allegedly is tied to Rex, he said there are thousands of people in the New York area who are not excluded from being a donor. And something he paid a lot of attention to both in court and also afterwards with the press conference outside, he said, Michael Brown said, I want all the investigative notes since 2010, because he pointed out there were a number of other suspects that police were looking at and even said in court that there was another person of interest that the former district attorney, Tim Sinney, wanted to arrest. And so, of course, everyone was wondering who was that person. Uh, Michael Brown said that person lived in Massapequa Park, which is the same community where Rex Hewerman and his family live, and also would be within that box where all those cell phone pings were detected from some of the victims' phones and also uh, the burner phones. I had been told probably more than a year ago that there was some law enforcement person that was being looked at, but it was not James Burke, the former chief of department in Suffolk. Yeah. Uh, but obviously this person was ruled out and I can tell you that there's someone who's very deeply involved in the case who told me, you know, all these attempts at poking holes in the case by the defense, uh, the way it was put to me was uh, he'll end up eating his words. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, and you know, a defense is, it's interesting and thanks for sharing that. And of course the defense is, that's his job is to poke or, or her job is to poke holes but again, you start you start adding up the um, the DNA evidence, the phone evidence. Yeah, maybe there's someone else in Massapequa Park they looked at. Um, but you know, the the burner phones he had that traveled with the victims' phones. There's a lot of evidence there. So I I think the Brown will end up eating his words. Um, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I, you know, you never want to close a case before it's finished. You know, that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere, online, in store, on social media and beyond. Shopify is your POS command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that unites your in-person and online sales into one seamless process. Easily track every sale across your business and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. You can take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify POS Go mobile device. Easy peasy. 
And if there's ever a question, Shopify's award-winning support is there to answer your questions. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lisk, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lisk to take your retail business to the next level today. One last time, go to shopify.com slash lisk. If you had to put a percentage to it, as far as Rex being the, you know, allegedly, you know, Rex is the killer, where what would you put it at? I put it at like eighty five fifteen. You know that he is. Well, I, I'm not going to go there. Okay, because I could get in trouble for going there. Fair enough. You know, it does seem, based on the 32 page affidavit, that they have a lot of evidence. Um, they also mentioned in court that they turned over the prosecution turned over thirteen thousand photos that they've taken during the 12 day search of his house and the storage facilities. And I guess other places they looked, they looked in his office. Uh, the DA also revealed that the grand jury in this case only started hearing evidence in June of this year, which I was a little surprised at mm -hmm. because that means that they had an indictment within about a month or six weeks. Yeah. Um, as you know, from previous interviews we've done, Rex Ehrman was isolated as a prime person of interest in March of 2022. So it took more than a year before they got everything together to present to a grand jury. But once they went into the grand jury this year in June, it only took four to six weeks to get the indictment. And the DA said that the grand jury is still impaneled because I believe the jurors are looking at the evidence pertaining to Maureen Brainerd Barnes, who is part of the Gilgo Four she was the first known victim of the Gilgo Four to be killed. Uh, she disappeared in 2007, which means that she was out in the elements for three years, whereas some of the other victims were only there a few months, yeah. like Amber Costello and Megan Waterman. Uh, Melissa Bartholomew had disappeared in 2009, so she was possibly outside for a, over a year. But it was harder to work out logistics with the, the science for Maureen Brainerd Barnes. So um, there's a chance, a good chance, there will be an announcement on how the grand jury voted on her case very soon. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, because, you know, Rex was picked up like mid-July. Um, so if they were impaneled in June, that did move fast. Yes. And, you know, you know this better than I do that, you know, most DAs, Tierney, whoever, they're not gonna bring a case like this unless they're really sure. So, I mean, I, I feel confident. I know you can't really weigh in too much. I feel confident, but um, we'll see how that plays out. When do you think we'll find the name of this other suspect or will they not release it? Because, you know, that could be damaging to this person. I mean, unless, unless that was leaked, that won't be something necessarily that comes out. I mean, they, they look at any number of suspects in the course of an investigation like this. Yeah, you know, but I mean, they've been pretty good about not leaking very key things in this case. We never knew Rex Yorman's name until the day he was arrested. That's a good point. So, yeah, I mean that you know that they knew his name for more than a year, and it did not leak. It didn't leak anywhere. So yeah. they were pretty good about that. And then in the courtroom, um, since Asa, this is the first time she was there or is it's the second visit she it's made? It's the very first time. Okay. It's the very first time that she was there. And of course, there is speculation that the reason she attended is because that's part of the agreement, that she has to be a participant 
in the proceedings and sort of give the company that's dealing with her a chance to show her before the trial, during the trial, and then even maybe post-trial, if there is a trial. Um, so we weren't surprised once we heard there was a deal. We weren't surprised to see her come to court. And, you know, she was very stoic. And Rex Uerman, I should point out, was extremely well-dressed this time. He had a sharp-looking charcoal suit, starched white shirt, light green tie. It was the best dressed he ever was in court. When he was brought in, he kind of quickly glanced over toward the area where his wife was sitting. She was two rows behind me. And, but it was a very quick glance and it wasn't even a smile. It was just sort of an acknowledgement perhaps. And then the same when he was leaving and that was it. But his wife, this was confirmed. She did visit him a week before the court hearing. So, okay. you know, we're not sure if that was part of the deal as well. Yeah. This is where it gets so murky. Cause you know, you know, before she's like, I'm shocked, I'm done. I'm not visiting, you know, not that she said all, but you know, her actions and then, all right, I'm going to court. I'm going to visit him in jail. That makes it very murky, but yeah, we'll see how all that plays out. And how long was the, the court hearing? This went by really fast. Uh, there was a brief conference in chambers for the defense and the prosecution with the judge. And then when they came out, it was just really quick. And the, one of the prosecutors announced that they had turned over the 200 pages of the search warrant application and apparently some of the lab work has been turned over, but it was extremely brief. And then Rex Yorman was taken out of the courtroom. One thing also to point out was that the courtroom was not as packed this time. I've been to at least four hearings since he was arrested. And this time I would only say it was half full. I did not see the victim's families there this time. And I, I think possibly because the district attorney's office may have told them that some of these hearings are going to be so quick that it's not worth the effort of driving a very long distance to come. You know, they're, yeah. they're basically just, they have to do these status hearings, but some of them are only two or three minutes long in the actual courtroom. So it was half empty or half full, depending on the way you want to look at it. Yeah. But the families weren't there this time. And I wonder if, you know, if they had heard that there's going to be this filming with Asa and if that affected them. I mean, I'm just questioning that myself. If I were, you know, I know the family members and I haven't talked to them lately because, you know, we're trying to give them space, but I could imagine that that would affect them of like saying, hey, why drive down there for a short hearing where, you know, they're going to want to try to film us potentially. So that's possibly, that's a good point to make. I know that uh, Shannon Gilbert's sister has been quoted in some of the news articles as being very upset about the deal that was made with the streaming service. Yeah. Well, anything else from the court date uh, that 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 sticks out to you? I think we've covered it. I, I was going to ask about Rodney Harrison. I know, you know, he is moving on, stepping down. And there's been different things like, well, with new leadership, they're going to change anyway. Or wh wh where do you stand with that, his resigning from police commissioner? I wasn't that surprised to hear that he was resigning because he was appointed by the county executive two years before Steve Ballone, the executive, would be term limited and have to leave office. So I think it was a good stop for him in his law enforcement career because he left the NYPD and went directly to Suffolk County. So he went 
right into a new job in law enforcement that was high profile, it turns out, because of the successful arrest in the Gilgo Beach case. And he vowed that he wanted to do that to accomplish that. I wasn't really overly surprised. A Republican was elected, Ed Romaine. And so I, I think he wanted to leave before the new administration came in. He's technically still the police commissioner until mid-December, I believe. But uh, I wasn't really overly surprised by yeah. that. And for the arrest to have happened under his administration as police commissioner, that's a really big deal for him. So I'm, I'm sure that, you know, he's raised his profile and he can probably move on to something else. Yeah. And when we talked to him, he's a really nice guy. You know, he was talking about once he retired from NYPD, he has one daughter still in college playing college ball and that he was going to retire and go down and just be in North Carolina, wherever Wake Forest is, um, I think. Doesn't You're correct, matter. yes. Yeah. Yeah, so he, no, he has been going to his daughter's games, and, you know, I think he wants to put some focus on family. Yeah. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that, you know. And, you know, the a police career can be very demanding. So yeah, uh, I think there were a lot of factors at play in his decision-making. And can I and ask... John Ray, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, let me just ask you this, because John Ray is another interesting one, but... Before we move on from that, so the Republican coming in, could they keep um, Harrison on, uh, or they could, that couldn't would, they? Yes, that's that's the decision of the county executive. Yeah, it's his prerogative to choose a police commissioner, and usually there's some kind of a legislative hearing, and you know Ronnie Harrison had to testify at a hearing, and then he was approved. I believe it was unanimous. So. You know, there would be a hearing, but yeah, if Ed Romaine wanted to ask him to stay, that would be his prerogative. Yeah. And, it, you know, I think if if Harrison's like, look, we've we've got the guy. I think it's him um, kind of like I've why not end on a high note? I could see that as well, because I could also see the Republicans saying, hey, this guy has done so much good work. Let's keep him. But um, yeah, it's it's weird how those things work. Um, and what about John? Well, Ray? I mean, in any job in any political job of involving some kind of power. A lot of people hire friendships or they hire people connected to political donors. There are so many factors at play when people get hired for a job. Yeah. So we're, um, it's really unclear who the next police commissioner will be, but anything is possible. Yeah, it would, uh, if I were the incoming county exec, I could see like, look, this, I. It would look bad if you if you move this guy out. I I would think I would be like, let's keep him. He's done such good work. But yeah, it is. It's weird how all that stuff plays out, especially in Suffolk, which you know, it's a special place, as you know. And so John Ray has been making some news lately. What's going on with him, and what are you hearing about John Ray and his his involvement? John Ray has announced that he's holding a symposium on Gilgo Beach at a college on Long Island. The college may be in Nassau County, but I have to double check that. He's holding this conference, this symposium on December 8th, but it's not clear yet to us who will be featured at this event. Huh, and this is just to keep a light on the case. I know he came out with some of those new claims where Harrison was there. You know, people have come to him and brought, you know, different stories. So a, a symposium, um, are you going to attend, do you know? 
Well, I'll speak to our managing editor about it. There will probably be some presence there. We have a Long Island video journalist who perhaps he'll be there. And I'll speak to my managing editor about whether we go out there. I mean, we've attended most events pertaining to Gilgo. You know, I know that the district attorney was not happy when that press conference was held about the new witnesses and the sworn statements. Uh, the norm is for witnesses to go to police investigators or the DA's office. But as John Ray pointed out, and even Rodney Harrison pointed out, not everyone feels comfortable speaking to law enforcement directly. So, you know, John Ray has a high profile in this case. So some people have apparently contacted him. Yeah. And I do give credit for John Ray, to John Ray for, you know, he has been on this case and in, in helping the Gilbert family and keeping it in the light for a long time. So I wish I was up there to support this symposium. Well, you know, I just want to say thank you for catching us up on everything. Is there anything I missed before we... No, the only thing I could add is that the next court date is not until February 6th of 2024. So that will be in the new year. And because there is so much evidence in the case, it could take a long time for the discovery process to move along. And I think it will be more than a year before we see a trial if it gets to that point. So it's, it's possible the trial, if it happens, won't start until 2025. But yeah. in the meantime, I know investigators close to the case wish that there would be some kind of confession. But Rex Heumann has said from the beginning he didn't do this, and his lawyer keeps insisting he didn't do it. So we'll have to just see how this plays out. Yeah. And one last thing, you'd mentioned the 200 pages. Which, was that from the search warrant? Is that what it was? Uh, it was the search warrant application. and. That's interesting that it was 200. That's a lot. I mean, I don't hear much about search warrant applications, but this specifically was said in court that two, over 200 pages wow. were in that application that detailed the probable cause for his arrest. Yeah, there, that's a lot of pages. Um, yes, and yes. you And, you know, you can you can get dinged by, by the courts if you kind of puff stuff up so you know not that it was maybe that just shows like there's a lot of stuff there so we'll see how that plays out but um thank you as always for for sharing these updates with us and being on the ground and yeah we we just hope you have a, a great holiday i hope you have a wonderful thanksgiving and i appreciate the new followers that have now uh joined my twitter page as a result of me speaking to you, people are telling me they discovered my work through your podcast. So oh, well, you. that's great. Well, you know, you are the one and only. So thank you so much. And yeah, if you don't follow Mary, you should at um, at Murphy Picks is Twitter. Mary Murphy Mysteries on Facebook and at Mary Murphy Picks for Instagram. But she is on the ground and it's not only Lisk Gilgo Beach. She covers everything out of there. So um, thank you, Mary. Keep up the good work and, and have a wonderful holiday. I hope you keep up the good work. Thank oh, you, Chris. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for tuning in to our update and a special thank you to the hardest working and most generous reporter on the case, Mary Murphy with PIX11. If you don't follow her on the socials, you're doing it wrong. Um, on Twitter, it's at MurphyPix, P-I-X. On Instagram, it's at Mary Murphy PIX Picks. And on Facebook, it's Mary Murphy Mystery. So please follow her. We would be grateful for that, as she would too. And if it's easier, please check the show notes on this episode to find all her social handles. And we will be back with more updates as soon as we have them. Thank you.